Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. It's a good day to be in his house. I am so excited about today. I'm excited as we continue in our series. We are continuing in our series that we have been on, on the Holy Spirit. If you've missed it, I wanna encourage you to go back, check on the YouTube, check on the podcast and get into it. But I am particularly excited for today's message. Are you guys ready? Are you leaned in? Are your notebooks prepped? All right, let's go. Acts 1 and 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth can simply be summarized as everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. Jesus told his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will declare who I am everywhere. Today we are stepping into the message on the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came, he came to bring us power. Why don't you just tell somebody next to you, there's power for you. We've been in this series that we're calling Advantage because in John 16, when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth and ascend, he told his disciples, it's to your advantage that I leave. It's to your advantage that I go because there is another one who's coming. The counselor is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. The, the comforter is coming to you. And so for you to gain this advantage, I have to go and the disciples stood there completely confused, completely astounded, not quite sure what they were getting ready to encounter because who knows if you have ever walked with the physical Jesus, if you have ever sat and ate a meal with him after he has resurrected again, for him to tell you that there is something better on the way seems absolutely unbelievable. But he told them, I have an advantage for you. And so I have to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And they gathered together in one room. And when they gathered together in one room, the Holy Spirit came and he fell on them. The Holy Spirit came into the earth to bring power. And last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit brings and produces in us the fruit of the Spirit. He brings in us a power for right living in every day. He produces in us what? This love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Did I miss him? I got him. Come on. He produces in us the ability to live like Jesus lived, to be changed and transformed, to be people empowered through the Holy Spirit, to reflect what a heavenly life looks like to everyone that we encounter. And Phil taught us so well that that picture of the veil being torn is a picture that we are now the unveiled ones that Moses went up 
into the presence of God. And when he went into the presence of God, it made him so radiant, so bright that when he came out, he wore a veil so that he could even be around other people. But the longer he walked away from the place of the presence, the dimmer his light got. So he had to go back into the presence to recharge up on that Holy Spirit. But we now with unveiled faces get to come into his presence, get to be carriers of his presence. It says that we are a royal priesthood carrying his presence everywhere we go so we don't grow dimmer and dimmer day by day we grow brighter and brighter day by day as carriers of his presence as his fruit is produced in our lives we are the unveiled ones carriers of his presence carriers of his fruit and then today's title we're going to call it gifts tools and desire gifts, tools, and desire. If you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, we are going to talk about the manifestation gifts. When the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came bringing all kinds of gifts. He brought us fruit, which is produced in our life, which is grown in our life, which is strengthened in our life, and he brought us gifts. All kinds of gifts we see throughout the New Testament as the Holy Spirit is coming. You know, that verse we read in Acts is really, some call it the thesis statement of the book of Acts. You could even call it the thesis statement of the whole New Testament, that the Holy Spirit came in power so that they could declare the message of Jesus, so that they could declare the gospel all throughout. And when the Holy Spirit came, he brought gifts, the power to do that thing. There are all kinds of gifts, gifts of service, gifts of motivation, gifts of leadership, gifts of ministry that we see being demonstrated all throughout the New Testament as these believers are walking out and establishing the church. There is all kinds of different gifts, but there is one commonality that we see throughout every depiction we have of the gifts of the Spirit is that there is diversity in gifts, but unity in Christ. Diversity in gifts, but unity in Christ. The gifts come to bring us unity together. The gifts come to bring you an advantage, but not to bring division into the body of Christ, not to bring division between those who carry and other believers, not to bring division between one group and another group. They come to give us unity in Christ. I believe one of the reasons we have seen parts of the body separate or walk away from the gifts is because they have experienced the gifts being used as weapons more than they have seen them used as tools. They have been led by those who have misused their gifts and that has caused parts of the body to completely abandon the gifts. But when we look at 1 Corinthians, it tells us that these are gifts for the common good for the unity of the whole body. So when we see the gifts, we see diversity in gifts and unity in Christ. I love looking at 1 Corinthians 12. When I study, sometimes one of the ways I study, whether it's my Bible or when I was in university or if I'm studying a different topic, sometimes I look and I like to read an opening paragraph and then an ending paragraph and then go back and fill it in or an opening sentence and an ending sentence because those two places give you a great overarching picture of where, where are we going? What is this author saying? What are they telling me about what is getting ready to happen on everything on the in-between? 
between many of our graduates today know about trying to figure out all of the different information you're trying to take in. So one of the ways I've learned to study is to start at the beginning, start at the end, and then fill in the in-between. And if we look at 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul is getting ready to lay out for us these gifts from the Spirit, the opening line says this. It says, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then he goes on for several verses, and as this chapter closes out, he says, and earnestly desire the higher gifts. Earnestly desire the higher gifts gifts. If I could summarize my hope for today's message, it would be those two things, that I don't want you to be ignorant of the gifts that are available to you, that when we leave today, we'll leave with a little bit more understanding, with a little bit more knowledge about these incredible gifts of the Spirit that God has given us, because how can we desire earnestly when we don't know what is available to us? How can we go after pursuing these incredible gifts if we don't know what's there? And my prayer is that a desire would ignite in you to live a life empowered with these gifts of the Spirit, that we would be a body, that we would be a people who earnestly desire after these gifts. Father God, Spirit of the living God, I ask you to be present here. I know that you are here, and I ask you to speak to us. Speak to us for this moment, speak to us for this day, speak to us from your word, speak through me today, God. I ask you to touch our hearts, I ask you to move us, I ask you to make us more like you, God. Teach us your word and burn in us a desire for your gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. You can follow along if you don't have a Bible. They'll have it on the screen. Otherwise, you can look in your own. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Diversity in gifts, unity in Christ. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation. To some? To the most holy? To, to just the special Christians? To only leaders? To each. Each can be understood as all. Each and every one of you listening today, joining today, sitting in this room today, to each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common Good for the common good, for building up of others, for helping, for the profitable execution of the gifts, for encouraging and strengthening, for reaching out, for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues." All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. 
These are gifts available to each and every believer. And it says that the Holy Spirit is the distributor of these gifts. The Holy Spirit is the carrier of these gifts. These are not, this is an important distinction. These are not my gifts that I possess. These are not my gifts that I hold. They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that flow through the Holy Spirit into each and every one of the believers. Each and every one of the body have access to these gifts as the Holy Spirit distributes distributes them as we have need for the common good, as we have need for building up of the body, as we have need for strengthening of the body, for encouraging one another. We have access to each and every one, and it says that we should desire all of them, that you should experience all of them in your Christian walk, that somewhere on your faith journey, you should encounter an instance where you have interaction with each and every one of these gifts. These are not gifts to leave laying in the scripture. These are not gifts to leave laying in church history. These are not gifts to talk about someone else had access to or to watch leaders get to demonstrate as you sit back. These are gifts for each and every one of the body and we should desire them earnestly. God says, I have a gift for you. So which one's the best one? Are these listed like in descending order or ascending order? Like if there are good gifts available to me, I wanna know which one is the best absolute gift that I need right, right now. I need to know which one is the preferred gift of all of the gifts. Which one is the best one? Which one do you need right now? What's your current situation right now? What are you going through right now? What are you looking at this week? What are your family dynamics right now? The gift that is the best gift is the gift that you need right now. We were painting this weekend, painting a room. Well, Phil was painting this weekend. I picked out paint this weekend. We were painting in, a, in this room in our house this weekend, right? Getting everything set up, getting it all going. We also have a really great chainsaw at our house. It's really sharp and it's really strong and it's in good condition and it's awesome at doing its job. How useful was that chainsaw in our painting scenario? Not useful at all. It's of no use to us in any possible way because that is not the job that we need right now. It's a great tool. It's an awesome tool. It's a very effective tool when you are cutting down trees. It is of no use to me when I am painting a room. When we were painting a room, we got out rollers and brushes and tape. These are also great tools. They're effective. They're kept in good condition. They work excellent at spreading paint. They are absolutely zero use when we are trying to cut down trees in our yard. The best gift is the gift that you need for the moment that you're in. It's the gift that you need for the situation you find yourself in. It's the gift that's needed for the person that you're encountering. That's why the Holy Spirit distributes gifts to everyone in the body as they have need for the common good because I don't always know what I have need of in this moment, but the Holy Spirit knows what I have need of in this moment. And so when I live a life in tune with the Holy Spirit and walk with the 
the Holy Spirit, in rhythm with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden I step into a situation and I say, Holy Spirit, what gift do I need right now? And he said, this is what you need right now in this moment. This is how you're going to strengthen right now. This is how I'm going to speak through you right now. The best gift is the gift that you need for right now. It's the tool that you need for right now. I love how Reinhard Bonnke refers to the gifts of the Spirit. He simply calls them our tools for the job. These are our tools for the job. The job that God has called us to, the work that he has called us to, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are our tools for doing that work. So what are they? What are these tools? Let's dig into them. I know that you've heard them, many of you before, some of you have not, but let's go through. Let's make sure that we don't leave here ignorant. Let's make sure we don't leave here with some of these gifts left on the shelf, unopened, untouched, unexercised in our life, simply because we don't know what we have available to us. There are nine gifts that Paul lays out for us here, nine gifts of the Spirit that are here for manifestation in the life of each and every believer. They can be categorized into about three different categories, three, three, and three. The first ones, write this down, are tools for knowing. Tools for knowing. These are gifts that lead us into knowing something. The first is a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is divine direction on what to do in a situation. It's a divine direction on what to do in a situation. If you're ever in a meeting and all of a sudden you are looking at all of the pieces of the puzzle and you're not quite sure what this is going to look like or how to work this out or what the right answer is to this situation, it's the, the gift that we see Solomon working in when two women come to him and they say, this baby belongs to both of us. And all of a sudden Solomon has an answer of what to do in the midst of this situation. It's a word of wisdom. It is divine direction on what to do in a situation. Phil operates in this gift on a regular basis. I sit in meetings with him and all of a sudden I hear him go, wait, what if we did this instead? We'll be counseling with someone and all of a sudden he'll just start asking them questions because I can see that he's moved out of, I've studied some things that have led me to know this or I did some reading on this or, or this is just what I think. And all of the sudden he starts moving into this space where I can see that the spirit is directing him in the outcome of what this situation needs to be never forget a few years ago we were moving around some leadership in our Lima campus and we were trying to figure out what are we going to what who needs to be put in that position who is the person to lead that campus in the next section and all of a sudden we're sitting in a meeting and I see his face light up and he said what if we put Janet Wen there what if we asked her to move to that location? And she was serving here, as most of you know, for decades and doing so well as a faithful leader. Sometimes it's difficult to see people in different positions, but all of a sudden everybody in the room went, yeah, that feels good. That feels, you, you feel the Holy Spirit on something. So we asked her and we began to talk to her about it. And can I tell you, that's been what, three years now? That she and Jim have been leading in our Lima campus and that campus is full of the power of the Holy Spirit. She has seen a revival in herself of leadership and giftings that are on the inside of her. The campus experiences healings and salvations because in a moment of a word of wisdom, 
The Holy Spirit said, the answer's right here. Let me lead you in my divine direction in this way. That this is how a word of wisdom can lead you in your life. You need words of wisdom in your life, in your everyday, when you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do with this? Or should we move this money here or move it there? Instead of just studying everything, what if you asked, Holy Spirit, what do you think I should do in this moment? Okay, I can't spend that long on all of them because we'll be here all day, guys. There's nine of them. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is knowing what you didn't know before God told you. When you know something that you didn't know before that moment that God told you that thing, words of knowledge come and all of a sudden you just know. You just know something about someone. You just know the place that you're supposed to go. You just know. And listen, this is different than a word of prophecy. A word of prophecy and a word of knowledge are not the exact same thing. Words of prophecy, we'll get to in a minute, are designed to be spoken out. A word of knowledge is not always designed to be spoken out. This is why I desire you not to be ignorant. This is why when the tools get used wrong, sometimes God tells you about something about someone else's life because he wants you to carry that person in intercession for them. Or he wants you to be aware of what's going on. He wants you to guard yourself or he wants you to guard them from something that's happening. It's not always for you to speak out, but because we've been ignorant, we've confused words of knowledge with words of prophecy. And that was something for you to hold on to, for you to know and carry into your prayer closet and instead you spoke it out and it caused harm instead of edification. I desire that you not be ignorant and that you understand the difference. A word of knowledge is simply knowing what you didn't know before God told you. It can be so basic as when God puts that person on your heart and says you need to call so and so. You need to reach out to that person. It's a word of knowledge and you call them and you just say, hey, I just want to check in on you today because God told you something that you didn't know before you knew that. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is being made aware of the presence of spiritual beings. It's being made aware of the presence of spiritual beings, whether those are demonic spiritual beings or angelic spiritual beings. It is being made aware of the presence of spiritual beings in our lives, right? Again, we have to use these rightly. When you are aware of the presence of a spiritual being, that is not that person that you're being made aware of. It's the presence of the spirit that you're being made aware of. I do not want to hear anyone in this body walking around talking about, "Mm, I'm just discerning you right now. No, you're not discerning them. You're discerning a spirit. And if God is showing you a spirit, he's showing you a spirit because there's something that he wants you to do about it. There's something that he wants you to step into. There's some power in you that needs to now interact with either what is oppressing them or something that God is drawing. You need the discerning of spirits in your life. If you are working in HR or in hiring, to be able to sit in an interview and go, "Mm mm-mm. Something's not right here. This is going to cause division if I bring it into my company. This is going to cause breakdown if I bring it into my company. Or there's a reason that you need to be here. There's a reason that you're supposed to be part of this team. I I remember when I was stepping out of the role, I was the assistant to a young adults pastor before 
while I was in Bible college before I came on here and I was getting ready to exit the role and so I was working with them to fill that role and I had somebody that I had a little bit been mentoring and training and everything was great with that person. They were awesome. And so I kind of was trying to push them but every time we would go to it, the person that um, the young adults pastor kept saying, no, I really wanna hire this other person. And I was like, I haven't been training them. They don't know anything that they need to know for this. They don't have any of, and they just kept saying, no, that's, that's who it needs to be though. And so of course it was their hire to make. So that's who we ended up hiring because they could discern in their spirit that there was something about that person that needed to be in that role. Several years later, we can look back and what we know is that that person needed to be in that role because they went on to then also be a campus pastor at multiple locations within that church. They needed to be in that role because they had a spirit, not just of administration, but also of sonship, that they were coming into that role to learn from that person as well. If you are in dating, if you are single and seeking, right? Like if you're single and you're chilling, that's fine. But if you're single and seeking, you need to pray for a gift of discerning of spirits in your life. Before you attach yourself to someone and all of their baggage, you better ask God to give you a discerning of spirits for who you are spending your time with, for who you are about to intertwine your life with. There is a discerning of spirits available for the believers. I have like five more examples on this one, but we'll just keep going. Okay, next set. Next set. Those were tools for knowing. Next set is tools for speaking, right? These are tools for speaking. Prophecy. Prophecy is heavenly insight to encourage others. Prophecies are designed to be spoken, to be let out, to be released to the other person, and they are designed to encourage the body, to build the body up. What does it tell us? To exhort, to edify, and to comfort, to build up, to encourage. Prophecy is designed when you get a heavenly insight that is there to encourage someone else. Tongues are messages from God in a language not known by the person speaking. There is a gift of tongues, and it is a message from God in a language not known by the person speaking. If you look back at the verse we read, it actually said that there are various kinds of tongues. Under tongues, we see three different expressions of tongues throughout Scripture. Right, We see three different kinds. The very first one we see is in Acts, right there at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes on them. They go out into the streets, and it says they are speaking in tongues, but that's understood by other people in the room, or sorry, in the streets, right? They all of a sudden have a supernatural power to speak in a natural language that is not known to them. It is designed for advancing the message, the gospel of Christ. There are stories of missionaries going into foreign lands, speaking one language, stepping into that space, opening their mouth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and on the other side of it comes out a language that they did not study, that they did not know before they began to open their mouths, but people on the other side of it heard in their native language the message of Jesus Christ. There is an empowering language of speaking in tongues that are other natural languages that you did not know for advancing the gospel. If we are gonna be a church that declares Jesus Everywhere We are going to need to be a church that operates in tongues that allow us to speak in languages that we did not study. I believe that there are going to be students that come into this church from foreign countries that say, I didn't know that language, but I heard it 
spoke in my tongue because the power of the Holy Spirit, that someone's gonna log on to our services from a country that we're not in already, and all of a sudden they're gonna log on and there's gonna be a supernatural empowerment, a gift for tongues of different languages being spoken out into the body because he has empowered us with power for declaring his message. Then there's tongues of praying in tongues. This is when I pray in a heavenly language that I do not know, that I do not understand, that the person praying it does not understand. It says that I pray in urges and groanings as the Spirit gives me utterance. Come on, I believe every believer should, be a pre- should desire the gift to pray in the Spirit, to pray as the Spirit gives you utterance, to pray for the things that you don't know to pray for, to pray for yourself, to pray for your family, to pray for your church, that the Spirit starts bubbling up on the inside of you and you just can't help but start to overflow in a language that you don't know, in a language that you don't understand, but the Spirit knows it. And I believe it goes directly to the throne room of heaven. I believe it alters the atmosphere in our city. I believe it alters the atmosphere in your home I believe it changes the course of your family when all of a sudden you just stand in your kid's room and you say, and I don't know what I'm praying about and I don't know what I'm praying for, but I believe that angels have gone all around this place because there is a message from heaven that I have coming out of me right now when I pray in the Spirit. And then the other one that we see throughout the epistles, throughout the New Testament, is we see a message delivered in tongues. It's a message delivered to another person where when we're praying, it goes up to heaven. We see a message delivered to another person, and this one needs a buddy gift. If a message is delivered in tongues, it also needs the gift of interpretation. Right? It's the next one we see. The gift of interpretation is the ability to understand and interpret the heavenly language, referred to as tongues throughout the scripture, right? Think of them like the letter Q and the letter U. They go together everywhere they go. If you get up and you are delivering a message in tongues and you do not have the gift of interpretation, a companion gift in someone else coming along with that gift, Paul says to us that it, what good is it? What good is it to me if you get up and you speak Greek to me all day long and I don't speak Greek and there's no one there to interpret Greek to me? What a waste of all of our time. But he says that there is a special gift and interpretation where one gets up and he says, I have a message in tongues, and another gets up and she says, I have the interpretation of that tongues. I know what heaven is saying. Heaven is saying we all need to focus on this right now. Heaven is saying we need to believe for this right now. Heaven is saying our answer is coming right now. And we deliver a message that is connected to heaven. Those are our tools for speaking. And then there's tools for doing. Tools for doing. The first one, it says that there is a gift of faith. Come on, a gift of faith is supernatural impartation of belief. Now, this is different than faith for saving, than your saving faith. This is a gift of faith. It is an audacious faith. It's a faith that says, I just know and I believe that a divine outcome is coming in this. I can't explain to you why. I can't explain to you how. I just know deep down I have 
faith to believe that God said this is how it's going to work out, and that's how it's going to work out. This is a house that was built on faith. This is a house of absolutely ridiculous, audacious faith that says if God said it, then we believe it. Come on, our founding pastors are people of faith who stood up and said, you know what? This is what God said, and we will go after it because if God said it, then I'm going to see it come to pass. Faith that rises up in somebody. Oh, I wish that you had a gift of faith that said, God said that I would prosper and that I would not live in poverty. God said that I would live in health and not in sickness. God said that my marriage would succeed and not crumble. God said that my family would be united. God said that his church would rise up as a shining light, as a city on a hill. And so I just believe it way down all the way in my knower that if that's what's happening, facts may be what they are. Statistics may be what they are, but I have a belief. I have a supernatural impartation to believe what God said, and you can't shake me from it, and you can't move me from it, and I won't get off of it, and I won't let go of it, because somewhere deep inside of me, I just know that God will do what God said that he will do. There is a belief and a gift for faith in the people of God. There's gifts of healing. Gifts of healing are supernatural empowerments for healing. To see sickness and disease dried up and cast out. It says that there are gifts of healing. It means that there are under gifts of healing, different proportions of gifts, different, um, sorry, different distrib- distributions of gifts of healing available to the believers. Some might have a gift for healing in this lane, and some might have a gift for healing in that lane, and some seem to have a gift of healing for absolutely everything they touch. There are gifts of healing available to the believers. If you are facing sickness today, I want you to know that healing is available to you. I want you to know that we serve a God who took every ailment, who took every power of death, who took every power of disease to the cross with him. He crucified it there with him, and then he rose up to prove that he was greater than anything that would try and come against you. There is a gift of healing available for absolutely every believer. If you're facing any kind of sickness in your body right now, I just want you to put your hand on that place. We're gonna pray, we're gonna believe for a gift of healing to become evident in your life right now. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working, that you are moving, that you are active. And we just claim the power of the blood of Jesus in our lives. We declare it over every person in this service right now that healing is available to you, that disease has no place in your life, that sickness has no place in your life. We command it to go, and we ask for healing to come. Healing come right now. Wholeness come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, God, in your mighty name. Come on, I look forward to hearing your testimonies, your stories of healing as they come in. The last one in the doing gifts is the working of miracles. The working of miracles is supernatural intervention in the physical world. I call this one the catch-all, right? It's like also sometimes the Holy Spirit just does, does whatever he wants. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just steps in and alters the situation on our behalf. Sometimes it is to our advantage to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit because there is the working of miracles available to every believer. 
I remember a few years back, we were running our summer skills camp for kids, and we had this big outdoor activity with lots of things. It was like the last big hurrah day, scheduled and planned, and don't you know that morning, dark, deep, I mean, the sky is black, thunderclouds start rolling in, and the forecast is saying, like, it's going to rain and thunderstorm all day long, right? And I remember us looking there, and two or three of the leaders were like, no, we're not doing that. We've been planning for the last six months for this day right here. We have kids from all across our community. We brought in community groups. We brought in resources. We believe this is what God told us to do. No. And they went outside and they prayed and they agreed and they gathered together and they cast back the clouds and they asked for the sun and the, sh and the, for the sunshine to come and the blue skies to cut through. And I am not kidding you. I stood there and watched it as a teenager and those clouds cut and they rolled back and the sun stayed clear all day long. There is the working of miracles available to every single believer. I was remembering when I was in college and a friend of mine had five, they had their rent and then they had $5 left in their account, right? So that rent, that's already spoken for money. And then they had $5 and we were in a service and they said, I'm gonna give this last $5 that I have. I have $5 and I don't have a job. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm gonna give this because I believe that God is gonna move on my behalf in this situation. I kid you not. They gave the offering. They started the next song. Cause you know, in church we give our offering, especially like pre-pandemic before we, like when we were passing buckets. So we would give our offering and then we would sing song every single time so they gave their offering the song started the song started and their phone started ringing in their pocket they walked out of service to answer their phone and it was a callback for an interview for a job that they got why those things were connected why that's the thing the Holy Spirit needed I don't know but the working of miracles is available to you I believe that the believer should be looking for moments where God the supernatural intervenes right here in our physical life where the Holy Holy Spirit just steps in and says, this gift is available to you and it is to your advantage. Come on, be careful not to blow off the coincidences in our life and dishonor the gift that God has sent you in the working of miracles. These are the manifestation gifts that are available to every believer and he wants you to desire them earnestly. They are all of benefit to you. They are all available to you. And he has distributed them to each and every believer. And he hasn't distributed like really good gifts of faith over here to this one and like kind of mediocre gifts of faith to this one. Why do we see some believers who we look at and we say, the Reinhard Bonnke who I referenced earlier, a man of faith, a man of healing, did he get a better gift than the rest of us? No. He used the gift that God gave him. He honored the gift that God gave him by using it, by learning about it, by practicing it. How do, how do, so I have this watch here, right? I have this watch. It's an Apple watch. And a few years back, Phil got it for me for a gift for, um, for Christmas. He gave this, this watch to me as a gift. Now, if I took this gift and I was like, cool, thanks for that. And then I just set it back somewhere. Would he feel honored? Would he feel like I appreciated the gift that he gave me? No. How do I show him that I appreciate the gift that he gave me? I wear it. I use it. 
I went away and I learned about it. I learned how to talk, because when I first put it on, all I really knew how, that it knew how to do was tell time, and I knew that it could track my steps. That's why I really wanted it, to track my exercise and to tell time. But then I started learning about it. Then I started working with it some more, and I was like, oh, did you know it can do this as well? Did you know I can send messages like this on it? Did you know I can set timers like this on it? The more I wore it, the more I used it, the more I learned about it, the better it became in my life, the stronger it became came in my life just this last week. Tracy and I were sitting in the lunchroom and she also has a watch that her husband gave her. And she was saying, yeah, sometimes it does this thing and I don't really know how to, how to do that. And I said, oh, did you know there's a setting on the watch that if you turn this setting on your watch, it will help you not do that anymore and do the other thing that you wanna do. When we talk about our gifts together, what am I saying? I'm saying when we use our gifts, when we begin to live a life where we say, hey, I've noticed that you have a strong faith gift in your life. Talk to me about how that's working out in your life. Hey, I've noticed that when you pray for people, they get healed. Tell me about how that gift is working in your life. We begin to learn more about it. We begin to strengthen that gift in our life. We begin to exercise that gift in a new way. We begin to learn more and more about it. I believe that we honor God by using the gift that he has given us. That we honor the gift by learning how to use it properly. That we strengthen our gift by practicing it. And that we strengthen the body by sharing our gift with one another. Come on, we need to use these gifts that God has given us. Don't leave it sitting on a shelf and dishonor the thing that God has given us because he says it's for the common good of every believer. It is for the common good. He has given us these gifts to strengthen the body. He has given us these gifts to encourage the body. He has given up us these gifts to build his church. And too many in the body have abandoned their gifts. Too many in the body have lost their power. Too many in the body have left gifts sitting on a shelf somewhere, untouched, unopened, unused, of no benefit to anyone else. This is, I believe this is why, part of why, that God's been showing me. Who remembers this fruit, what this fruit was called from last week? pomegranate come on everybody learned the pomegranate this is a pomegranate fruit all right are you guys ready to lean in because we don't have much time left but this is, i think is important okay lean in this is a pomegranate fruit on the priestly garments in the old testament the reason i brought out the pomegranate fruit if you remember your old testament at the bottom of the priestly garments there were two things around the bottom we're going like old testament survey class right now who knows what the two things on the bottom of the bells and pomegranates there were bells and pomegranates not actual pomegranate fruits like um you know like like embroidered versions of pomegranate fruits hanging on the bottom of the priestly garment and it was a bell and then a pomegranate and a bell and then a pomegranate a bell and then a pomegranate and the bells and the pomegranates they represent to us a gift and a fruit a gift and a fruit that's why the messages we are preaching are building on each other you need a fruit of the spirit and a gift of the Spirit to work in tandem with each other. The scripture we read where Paul says, I desire that you earnestly desire the spiritual gift. The second part of that verse, he says, and now let me show you a more excellent way. And it goes into what we call 1 Corinthians 13. But of course, when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, it was just 
one continuous letter, and he goes into what we call the love chapter. And if I have all these things and I have not love, I am only a resounding gong. I am only a clanging cymbal. And he is referencing back to that robe and saying, if I don't have fruit in between my bells, if I don't have fruit in between my cymbals, if I don't have a fruit and a bell and a fruit and a bell, a fruit and a bell and a fruit and a bell, then I am just clanging, clanging, clanging. He is referencing that exact thing and he is telling them, if you are going to have these spiritual gifts, I need you to have love in the middle of it. Love is what? Love is the core of all of the spiritual fruits. In all these things, in all the Old Testament prophets is wrapped up in this one thing. The reason the church is losing its power is not because the Holy Spirit is diminishing. It's not because he doesn't desire to work in you. It's not because the spiritual gifts are beginning to cease or because God did it just for a time. His gifts came out and he gave his gifts without measure. It is because we have have abandoned our fruit in favor of our gifts and we went out clanging all around clanging with a prophecy clanging with a word of knowledge clanging with some healing but no love to go along with it no joy to go along with it no peace no patience no kindness no goodness and when we did so we started clanging all around and if someone comes up to you clanging symbols what do you want to do back on up I don't want any of that I don't need that clanging in my face. I don't need that clanging in my, in my space. I'll just back all the way up from that. But he said, I desire that you would earnestly seek the spiritual gifts. Pair them with your fruit. Let the Spirit empower you. Empower you with fruit. Empower you with gifts. Because it is my desire that you would all have them. Fruit without gifts leaves us with a church without demonstration. And gifts without fruit leave us with a church without transformation. We need to be transformed into demonstrating the power of who Jesus is in our every single day. He says, I desire for you to earnestly seek after these gifts. Some translations use the word covet them, desire them passionately. Get a burning desire inside of you that each and every gift would be opened in your life because the Spirit of God is available to you. And it is the same spirit that hovered over the waters. And it's the same spirit that spoke to Moses in a burning bush. And it's the same spirit that taught David to write psalms. And it's the same spirit that told Daniel what the dreams meant. And it's the same spirit that walked with Jesus. And it's the same spirit that came and found the dead, lying, decaying body of Jesus and breathed fresh life into it and rose him again on the third day the same spirit then came down into the earth and is available to you today is available to each and every believer it says desire these gifts desire that his power and fill you desire that his gifts be opened in your life desire that you see them desire wisdom desire 
desire knowledge, desire tongues, desire discerning of spirits, desire prophecy, desire understanding, desire healing, desire the working of miracles, desire these gifts in your life. This is a church that will walk in his fruit. This is a church that will walk in the demonstration of his power. In our services, yes, but in your everyday life, when you walk out of these doors, his wisdom is there for you. When you walk out of these doors, his knowledge is there for you. Come on, right now, we're going to pray. If you've never experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, if you have never experienced a demonstration of his power in your life, if you have never felt the experience of the manifest presence, power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to come down to the altar. Phil and I want to pray for you that you would experience him. If you know that you used to experience it, but somehow you've let go of the gifts, come this way right now. We're going to pray for you. And every believer in this house who knows that you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to pray. You are going to believe that each and every believer, come on, great job. You are going to pray that each and every believer would experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If that's you and you want to be filled with His Spirit, just come wait right here. We're coming to pray for you right now. And if you're in this room, just continue to pray.